A reading from the first chapter of Ephesians, beginning with the eleventh verse. In Christ, we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of Him who accomplishes all things according to His counsel and will, so that we who were the first to set our hope in Christ might live for the praise of His glory. In Him you also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in Him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people, to the praise of His glory. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, and for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him. So that with the eyes of your hearts enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of His glorious inheritance among the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of His power for us who believe, according to the working of His great power? God put this power to work in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. <clears throat> Reading from the sixth chapter of the gospel according to Luke, beginning with the 20th verse. Then Jesus looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor. For yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. For surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. 
Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. But I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, Offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. The Word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. You ever been in a building that was being renovated? Maybe you did some work at your house or Maybe you were strolling out in a public area where there were some handrails and someone had come along and painted something. Painted the handrail nice and pretty, all shiny and black. Or maybe the door frames in your house, maybe the door frames at your work, maybe a wall at work. Y'all with me? Some kind of renovation was going on and some painter was in there with a bucket of paint and a paintbrush or maybe an atomizing gun and they sprayed it all. And what did they do before they left? Anybody remember? What did they do? They put a sign up. Miss Sharon said they put a sign and you should have read it, David. <laughs> she didn't really say that, but she's right. They put a sign up and it said, wait, paint. And I am pretty sure that on more than one occasion I have touched something that had a wet paint sign on it to see if it was true. Have you? Anybody? I have. Not only that, when I was a child, if my mama told me, and she did, that if I played with the electrical outlet, I could get shocked. Y'all mama tell y'all that? Yeah, well, I became fascinated with that. And one day I was playing with the cord on the vacuum cleaner where it went into the wall while she was telling me, you're going to get shocked. And I didn't believe her. And guess what happened? I almost wasn't with you. I didn't believe her. I didn't believe my mother who had taken care of me in every possible way and protected me and given me security. I didn't believe her when she told me that if I played with the outlet, blue fire was going to come out of it and scare me silly. But she was right. The painter was white. The paint was wet. My mama was right. I could get killed playing with an electrical outlet. I didn't learn from that. You know what happened in AP biology? My poor teacher told us not to play with the outlets on the lab tables. So I, being the smart person I was, took my fancy little cross pen somebody had given me because I was a senior, and I took it apart and I put both ends in the front of the outlet and played like it was shocking me for my buddy who laughed while it literally lit me up. <laughs> because I didn't believe her. 
I didn't believe that what she was saying could be true, but the teacher had the authority to know, didn't she? The teacher had the authority to know that if I played with that outlet on top of that lab desk, I was going to get shot. My mama had the authority to know that if I put both my fingers on the plug, on the lecture, on the Electrolux and stuck it in the outlet, I was going to shut the breaker off. But I didn't believe her. I wanted to test it. I didn't believe her. Now here's the thing. What in the world does that have to do with what Jesus is saying? I think that most of the time when we hear Jesus say these very seemingly ridiculous things, listen to what He says. I mean, honestly, love your enemy. Ain't nobody doing that. Do good to those who hate you. When's the last time you took a bunt cake to the lady down the street that pees in your yard? Anybody? Have you signed up to do something good for somebody who did something horrible to you lately? I haven't. Why not? Why don't I have the reaction to the words Jesus says that I have to the sign that the painter put up? Wouldn't it make more sense that I would say, hey, I wonder if that works, and go try to love somebody who's been mean to me? Wouldn't that make sense as to what I would do? I mean, if I'm a paint toucher, seems like I should hear Jesus say this, and I say, hey, I'm going to find out if that's real. I'm going to find out if I can love my enemy. I'm going to find out if I can do good to somebody that hates me. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to find out if I can actually feel good and rejoice when somebody says horrible things about me because I love Jesus. But I don't do that. Instead, I get angry. And I let my passions control me. What in the world, church? Shouldn't we have as much faith in the authority of Jesus as the painter who put the wet paint sign up and believe that if he says it's wet, it must be wet so I can touch it? But no, we hear Jesus say this and we say, oh, that's fanciful language. You can't really live like that in the real world, preacher. Why not? Who said you can't? Who told you that you couldn't do these things? Who told you you couldn't love your enemy? Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. Who told you that if someone strikes you on the cheek, you can't turn the other? Who told you that if someone takes away your coat, you can't give them your shirt too? Who told you that you can't give to people who beg from you? Who told you that you can't be nice to someone without asking for something back from them? Who told you that you can't do to others as you wish they would do to you? Who lied to you and told you that these words are not given on the authority of Almighty God? Someone must have. At some point, someone must have convinced us, church, that we can't love people who hate us. Otherwise, we wouldn't be so busy raising hell that they took the nativity scene off the courtyard steps, right? Who told us these lies? Who convinced us that the power of God was so limited 
that we can't be transformed into people who can do every last one of these things and love doing them. Listen to what Paul said about it. He said, In Him, you, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, you were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit, a pledge of the inheritance that you have in Almighty God to be God's people, to His praise and glory. Who lied to you and told you that's not possible? Who lied to you and told you that you will never be anything but what you are right now? The same Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is in you, church. Who lied to you and told you that you had to walk through this life dead and defeated? Listen to what he says. He prays for us and says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know Him so that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened and that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you. Hope. Something different. Something different than all of the callous wretchedness of this world. Something brighter and more beautiful. A different way to live. A different way to be. A way that demonstrates the immeasurable greatness of the power of Almighty God in the world. He says he prays for us. That we might know the hope to which he has called us. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints? And remember, as I said earlier, a saint is nothing more than a person who has been caught up in the goodness of Jesus Christ. A person that God has gathered into Christ. He's describing you, church. Not some future people, not some past people, but every last one of you who was baptized into Christ and has faith in Christ. You have the Holy Spirit of God inside you, the power of God that can renew and change all things. I told you you had to be dead and lifeless and mumble through life as if there is no hope. To be ruled by anger at politicians, at your neighbor, at whoever does you wrong. Who told you that lie? He says he wants us to know the immeasurable greatness of God's power for us who believe. According to the working of his great power. God put this power to work in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. I ask you, is it harder for God to change your heart into a person that can love your enemy than it is for God to raise someone from the dead? If the power of Almighty God can raise our Lord from death, don't you think that God can raise your heart out of hatred and envy and jealousy and strife? Listen to 
if God can defeat even our greatest enemy, why should we believe that God can't transform and heal our hearts? At some point, people have said that these things that Jesus is saying are the ethics of the kingdom of God. That they're about the behavior of the people who are part of that kingdom. I submit to you, dear ones, that what Jesus is describing is the fruit of being that kingdom. That enemies are loved. That people who are filled with hate have good things done to them that transform their thoughts and their hopes. That people who are suffering and filled with envy, filled with violence, can be confronted by someone who will show them the power of God in their own heart. That injustice can be countered with the promise that at the cross of Christ, injustice was defeated. That people who are hungry will find in Jesus' people, people who will meet their need. This is not an ethics of the kingdom. This is the kingdom. This is the sign of the presence of God's kingdom on earth. Our hearts transform such that the people who hate us, we actively serve and love. A painter says the paint's wet, so we touch it. Dear ones, let us not have that same doubt in the risen Christ who says to us today, this is who you will be. By the power of Almighty God and the gift of grace and through faith, we can and will be transformed. And today, this Jesus invites us to His table to be nourished in the grace that equips us to be the people He has described. As you come to this table today, don't come expecting to receive a nibbly little piece of bread and some grape juice that means nothing. But come and meet the risen Christ who has come to this table to meet you. And trust in His power to transform you. To renew you. And to remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of hope and love, and joy, and peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.